Hello, my friends. Welcome. This is the Joe Martino Show. My name is Joe. If you're a new friend, welcome. If you're an old and returning friend, welcome. I want to talk to you today about what I meant when I said we try to control people. A few weeks ago, I did an episode. I mentioned that I feel like we try to control people really kind of as a statement that was just kind of, it it wasn't even germane to the whole episode, but I got in a lot of emails about it. I want to talk about that. And then this week I was out to dinner with some friends. We were having a conversation and one of the questions dovetailed nicely with that idea. Let's kick it off. This is the Joe Martino Show. You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan, specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. All right, let's get to it. I want to talk to you today about a couple things. One, I got a number of emails about an episode a couple weeks ago where I said, let's talk about how we try to control other people. And so I want to kind of delve back into that a little bit. And then I want to talk about friendships, relationships, and why I think we're not actually having as many friendships and relationships, maybe as we used to. In episode 82, I talked about our different reactions to holiday distress. I talked about how do we handle the myriad of different reactions that people have regarding their holidays. And I made this kind of throwaway statement in the beginning. I was like, let's talk about how we try to control each other. And I really didn't go back and explore it at all. I'm up to, I think, like 22 emails about that about that statement. Like, hey, can you explain that more? What did you mean we try to control each other? So I want to take some time today to answer that. I'm actually, normally I'm a few weeks out in my podcast. I'm actually recording this today, uh, the day that I'm going to put it up so that I can answer those questions while they are fresh in people's minds. And then if we have time, I want to explore a conversation that I had with some friends over dinner this past week and some things that it caused me to think about while I was uh, pondering. Obviously, when you create things like podcasts and blog articles and, and hopefully sometime soon, again, YouTube channel and, and a book, you're constantly thinking about interactions and how those interactions play into material that you want to present. And so I want to talk about that. Okay, so when my wife was younger, she had a very good friend named TJ. He actually looks a lot like Theo Epstein, in my opinion. The adult version of him does. I don't really know what he looked like as a youngster, if you will. Um, But they were very good friends. In fact, they had feelings for each other, and they didn't date. Now, some of you are like, oh my goodness, Joe's ADHD has kicked in. What's going on? Well, actually, my ADHD hasn't kicked in. They didn't date... Not because they didn't have feelings for each other, but they didn't date because they didn't go to the same flavor of church. And one of the things that their respective flavors believed, some people would call them denominations, was that you don't date people from that flavor, right? So so if we're part of flavor B, you don't date people from flavor C because you have disagreements about things in the Bible. You agree on these broad scope things, but not these. Essentially, it's a form of control that says, if we don't agree, we can't propagate. Now, what does this have to do with how we try to control people today? You're probably asking. First of all, I'd like to point out that that worked out really well for me. 
uh, because I was part of the same flavor of church that my wife went to, mostly speaking. I was a little bit of a wild child, uh, but it did work out well for me. We're coming up on our 21st anniversary, 23 years together, four kids, all of this after she told me before we were dating that she would never date me or kiss me. Ha ha ha. Now, here's the thing. What does this have to do with how we try to control people today? Well, you know, a lot of my friends will do the same thing. They're friends with somebody till they find out that they eat at Chick-fil-A. There's, there's a woman that I know in my town who got really mad at a church in my town because they let Chick-fil-A sell every Wednesday from their parking lot. And they were like, well, uh, you know that they send money to these people that kidnap uh, LGBTQ people. No, they don't. That That's just a blatant lie. And... It's not a lie that I think she's telling on purpose. I think it's something that she was told and she just believes it. And we've lost the ability to hold intention, our ability to disagree with people. So I have friends who are liberal, who are friends with other friends of mine until they find out that those friends supported uh, Donald Trump. I have friends who support Donald Trump, who are friends with my friends who support Bernie until they find out that they are with Bernie. We are addicted to outrage and we are addicted to controlling other people. We, we do this and, and we do it and we couch it in this way. Well, you can say whatever you want, but the First Amendment doesn't keep you from consequences of social consequences. Well, that's true, but do you really want to start drawing circles over politics? Or, and what actually started this conversation was, we try to control people and make them do how what we do. Make them control how, how they do Christmas. And we, what's, what concerns me is in our society, we parrot this line that we are far less judgmental than ever. And I think it's all horse garbage. It's just hogwash. It's just garbage. Because I actually think we're far more judgmental than ever. If you homeschool your kids, people look at you and they're like, oh, well, why? Send your kids to public school and people who send their kids to religious school. Oh, well, why? Send your kids to religious school and people who send their kids to public school. Must be nice to have that kind of money. We are more judgmental than ever and we couch it in social justice terms, which terrifies me. We act like people who don't want to do what we want to do for kids in schooling don't actually care about kids. For instance, I am passionate passionate. I will debate and discuss with anyone who wants to that our start times for schools sucks. It literally sucks. It's awful. The research is overwhelming that it is bad for kids to start early in the day. And I'll argue that we've lost our way with sports. And part of the reason that we start our day so early is because of sports. And the other reason is because it's more convenient for parents, which is terrible reasons when the outcome is supposed to be educationally based. And I will readily admit that there are really good people who I really respect who disagree with me. And those people that disagree with me, it's not like I love kids more than they do. It's not like I should be like, oh, you know what? I can't, I really can't be your friend anymore because you, you don't think that kids should start later in the day. But we do this all the time. We literally do this all the time. And, and we're polite to their face about it, but then we talk about it behind their back. And, and you know what? Some people will be like, well, is that what you do? No, but I hear about it in my room 24-7. Literally, most of my clients that come in with social uh, network, which now has a, a different meaning because of, of social media, but, but of their social support networks, the stress in it is usually over 
something that they did that one of their friends doesn't believe in or something that one of their friends did that they don't believe in, and now they're not sure that they can be friends. It's ridiculous. What kicked this whole thing off was that that post was, or that podcast was a post that somebody sent me. They emailed me a picture of somebody just ranting and raving about the kind of gifts that other people give them and making all sorts of judgments about those other people and then went on to tell people how her and her husband do it and how everybody should kind of mimic them. That should terrify us because that's become normal. We typically are friends only with people who are exactly like us and we don't like disagreement. Organizations. I One of the, one of the things that... Uh, I was thinking about a lot when I was, when I was putting together this podcast, I wrote a blog post about it. That'll be coming out later, uh, this year. Um, in 2000, the book bowling alone came out and it talks about America's dwindling social capital, how as as citizens, we don't join groups as much anymore. We don't do these things anymore. we don't do a lot of things. We bowl alone instead of a bowling league. We go bowl alone. And some of that is good, right? Some of that is because we're, we're turning the focus more back into our families. Some of it is because we have, uh, we have sacrificed our free time and, and to worship at the altar of youth sports. And we don't have time to go do certain things. Some of it is society has changed. When I was a kid, you know, leaving your kid at home so you could go bowling wasn't really considered all that taboo. Today, it probably is. And some of it is because there's organizations that don't tolerate dissent. Get on board or get out. And those are organizations from churches to bowling leagues. Agree with us or get out. People don't know how to agreeably argue anymore. We started telling people, and I think this is back, the original article that fed the book Bowling Alone was written in 1995 which was, you know, we're talking 25 years ago now, but it's difficult for me to believe, and I don't know of any research that would contradict this, but it's difficult for me to believe that there is more social capital, that we're joining more joining more organizations. Essentially, we want people to agree with us, or they're what? They're haters. That's a form of trying to control someone. Think like I do. Act like I do. Parent like I do. Believe what I believe. Vote for who I vote for. And I do, this is not a a simple answer. I I think it's complex. And part of it is, is this, we've lost this ability to passionately disagree. We've lost this ability to stay involved in an argument where we just present our points. We don't attack the other person. We don't have to yell. We don't have to scream. We just disagree. I remember one time, we tend to blame Facebook for this. I don't actually think that's accurate. But I do remember one time I was watching two guys, uh, Chad and Chris, argue. And they were arguing over something that they both obviously passionately believed in. And it was a long thread. I mean, there was probably 200 comments, just the two of them. But they did it in an agreeable way. They didn't attack each other. They didn't blow each other up. They simply disagreed. It was amazing. Unfortunately, like two days later, they both verbally attacked each other. But it was amazing for, the, for that time. We don't see that much anymore. And I believe it's because we want to control people. We are so incensed that someone doesn't see the world the way that we do that we react with intensity. We react with verbal violence. We react with emotional violence. 
And as you probably imagine, I have this conversation with people and they're like, well, I don't know if it's violence. I'm not sure how else to describe it. Uh, in the theory of transactional analysis, there's this thing called the discount matrix. And I'm not going to get into it here, but one of the things that you learn when you study the discount matrix is the idea of violence. It goes beyond, you know, a lot of times you use the word violence, people think like throwing something through a window or something like that. But the idea of violence is, is, can, can be just to take someone's opinion off the board. And what that does is it divides us. And as we roll into 2020, as, as election season is coming, we are caught in uh, the idea of, of identity politics as, as, a, as a country, which is essentially trying to control people. You can't be a good person and vote for, fill in the blank. Most of the time, that's hogwash. I can't be your friend if you vote for. Most of the time, that's hogwash. I can't be your friend if you buy your kids more than three gifts. I can't be your friend if you buy your kids less than three gifts. I can't be your friend if your kid plays in sports. I can't be your friend if you decide you don't think your kids should play sports. And we start making things that have nothing to do with the person's character. Because here's what's happened. In the last 20 years, we've made everything as a character thing. There's no preference anymore. Right? And I'm, and I'm going to be ridiculous here, but it's almost like, wait, you use a spoon to twirl your spaghetti? Like, actually, my dad and I had a debate one time, and I'm like, you know, Dad, a lot of Italians don't even use a spoon to twirl their spaghetti. Yes, they do. No, actually, a lot don't, and a lot do. Imagine deciding friendships over that. Well, you use a spoon, so I can't be your friend. Like, that's ridiculous, but we do that, or we do it with this, like, right? Like, oh, sure. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, you could do that, I suppose. And then when you walk away, you go talk to your... Can you believe they did that? Maybe you don't do that. But my guess is, even if you don't do that, you have felt the hot sting of that. One of the things that we talk about a lot is this idea of adult to adult, allowing people to have their own opinions. So many relationships, so many friendships, so many marriages, one person tries to control the other person by withholding human connection if the person doesn't do what they want them to do. This is an attempt to control someone. It's manipulation. It's it's unhealthy, and it's pretty common. Uh, Eric Beck created this thing called parent-adult-child. You play out of one of these three roles, and often people will try to parent other people, be like, well, I just can't be your friend, because if you do that, what you're doing is you're punishing them. And if your behavior is driven towards punishment, and, and, and you know, I hear this all the time, people are like, I'm not punishing them. I'm just... Uh, exercising boundaries. Well, no, like we're not, uh, certainly if, if the person's toxic, but them voting for somebody you don't like doesn't make them toxic. Them choosing to not co-sleep when you do co-sleep doesn't make them toxic. Them choosing to co-sleep when you don't co-sleep doesn't make them toxic. It just doesn't. I'm sorry. And if we're going to actually rescue relationships, we have to come back to the place where we embrace the issues and, and disagree with them and at the same time still be friends. We can be friends with people we disagree with and I don't mean token friends. Because here's the thing, if every issue is a dividable issue, then nothing is. That's the problem with the environment that my wife grew up in, which again, worked out well for me. Every issue that isn't this flavor becomes an issue. In fact, I even grew up in a similar environment where if the church you went to, right, didn't, uh, maybe maybe the church you went to was the same flavor as the church that I went to, but you associated, your church associated with 
another church that I wouldn't associate with, well, then I couldn't associate with you. I think they call that tertiary separation. I don't remember. I think so. And, and, and we do that in our lives. Oh, you voted for Donald Trump. Well, I can't be your friend because you're obviously immoral and hate women. I have a friend that is a lesbian, married to a lesbian, and, and she said, I have really good friends that love me and love people, and they voted for Donald Trump. I have friends that are uh, very conservative. In fact, I have a friend that is a gay African-American conservative male. And there's people that stop talking to him. There's people that have called him all sorts of names. They're like, well, we can't be friends because you believe in conservative politics. It's insane to me. Cultivate friendships with people you disagree with and give people the freedom to disagree with you, to do their own thing. Unless they're trying to make you do it, what do you care? Well, it has impacts for me. I agree. There are policies that I adamantly am opposed to, but I believe good people agree, agree with them and support them. And yeah, if those policies pass or when those policies become law, it affects me in a negative way. But that's part of living in a democracy. That's part of people living in the same world together. I have a friend that I used to work with. Her name's Lydia. We agree on a lot of things. We also disagree on a lot of things. And we typically have fantastic conversations about those things that we disagree. In fact, we probably have more conversations about the nuances of the things we disagree on than the things that we agree on. And it's good. It's fine. Now, her and her husband moved to Traverse City. Uh, I don't really talk to them much anymore. But recently, we had a conversation over uh, Facebook Messenger, over something in our field. And it's okay. In fact, it's better than okay. It's a great friendship. It is a friendship that I value. Now, are we best friends? No, but there's a lot of reasons for that. We try to control people when we don't allow them to be themselves because it disagrees with what we want to be. I think a lot of people are withdrawing from people because we just expect that, well, if I do this, they're not going to agree with that, and then they're done with me. Uh, This past week, I was out with some friends for supper or for dinner. My wife and I were. We went to a local place that they had never been to, and you know, we went and we're eating and, and we're talking about somebody that I have to interact with. And I didn't name the person. I just said, well, there is somebody that I have to interact with regularly that I don't trust. And, and there's just certain things that the bells are bells in my head are set off. And, and the wife interrupted me. She was like, wait, is this us? And I laughed and I said, of course it is. That's why we go out to dinner with you. I wasn't being serious. I don't think she was being completely serious, but I would struggle to believe that there wasn't some seriousness to her question because we've all felt that pain. We have all felt the pain of thinking, okay, I'm friends with this person, and then they don't talk to you. They don't, uh, they, they don't treat you like a friend would because, and you don't know why. And you go, because, but you don't know why. And so you try to figure it out, and you try to run it down, and it doesn't work. Uh, there's a guy in my community that I'm pretty sure... Uh, he, he, I, I've done something that he doesn't like. I don't know what it is, but I know that he's looking for a, a speaker on marriages. And I've reached out every venue I know how, and I've gotten, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, but nothing. And I don't know what it is. I don't know. I don't know. I have, I have my ideas. Probably this isn't the place to hash through those ideas. But we've all felt that pain. We've all lived in that environment where we have felt the pain of somebody judging you because you don't do what they want yeah, what they want you to do. Wow, sorry, I choked on my own words there. And probably most of you listening have done it. You have a friend that you, you've you decided you're not going to be friends with, 
And now, honestly, if I pushed you on it, you'd be like, yeah, maybe that is a bit of a shallow reason. I'm afraid that at the root of this lack of real community, which is interesting because we crave it more and more, I'm afraid that it, at the root of it is this, this desire to control everything in our world because we don't handle disagreement well and we don't handle pain well. And real relationships have both of those. They have disagreements. They have pain. They have discomfort. When I was younger, my mom used to tell me, make sure that the hill that you're willing to die on, the issues that go on that hill are, are, are few and far between. And I'm afraid we're losing that. We're trying to control people. Yes, we're not putting them in jail. Uh, yes, we're not, uh, you know, taking away their liberty through, through coercive means of the government. But we are losing our way when we can't disagree with people in a two-party system without calling for boycotts of their place of, their place of business. And we're, we've got people on both sides of this. I, there was one group that sent me an email. They wanted me to boycott Disney. Well, little did they know I'm going to boycott Disney because I don't want to go there. And then there was another group on the exact opposite end of the political spectrum that wanted me to ban or wanted me to uh, to skip over another place to, to ban going to another place because of their politics. And little did they know I'm not going to go there because I don't want to. But if I did want to go there, I'm not going to let their political ideology move me that much. I'm just not. You can be my friend and we can disagree. I'm going to start there as a principle of life. And yeah, there are people that I don't trust that they set off my bells. And so I don't go be friends with them. But there's a difference between that and right when we talk, I've talked about this in the past. There's a difference between that and, oh, well, I can't be your friend because you believe this. Uh, Otherwise I could be, but I can't be because you believe that football is better than baseball. I'm trying to pick something ridiculous. I can't be your friend because you don't believe in the power of counseling. That's silly. At the same time, there are going to be people that I'm not friends with because I don't like them and they don't like me. That's okay. Like there's got to be space for you to be you and me to be me and for me to realize I'm going to have friends and people that like me and want to be my friends. And then I'm going to have people that don't like me and don't want to be my friends. And then I'm going to have people that meet me in the wrong space of life. And they're not my friend because we're not in the right space of life to be friends for whatever reason. Maybe if we met at a different time in my life or a different time in their life, we would have been friends. But this idea of, well, if you do this, it's okay for me to virtue signal and to call you out. And and sometimes I hear it couched as challenging you or else. Anytime we add an or else, we're trying to coerce people, which is another way to say we're trying to control them. Anytime we're like, you do this or we can't be friends... We're trying to control them. And so that's something we have to wrestle with. It's not a, it's not a simple answer. It's, it's a complex one. It's an answer that, that involves a lot of wrestling, probably a lot of tension, living in tension. One of the things that was going to go up today, the podcast that was going to go up today, was the idea that healthy people live with two seemingly uh, in, incompatible ideas in tension, right? Like you take your left arm and you pull one end of the rope You take your right arm and you pull the other end of the rope and each ends uh, represent two ideas and they live in tension and they, they, they live with that tension. They struggle with that tension, but they don't cut the rope because of the tension. 
All right. Thanks so much for listening. I know you can do anything with your time. I appreciate you spending a few minutes with me. I hope you're finding this enjoyable and profitable. If you are, please share it with your friends via your social media. If you'd like to book me for speaking, please go to joemartino.com. Click on the Hire Me to Speak page. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend. And hey, give us that rating in your podcast store. Until next time, change possible.